Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I have a question. Do you think that we're getting smarter during the pandemic or do you think we're getting dumber? And here's here's why I ask, because there's been different things that we've all gone through during the pandemic, right? When the pandemic first started, everyone was baking banana bread. I was not one of them, but everyone else was making banana bread and sourdough. All of a sudden, banana bread <laughs> became the it girl and everyone was making sourdough. I, I, If you think about it, it's actually crazy. Like why were those the things, right, that we were doing in the beginning of a worldwide pandemic? Everyone suddenly was like, you know what would fix this? Banana bread and sourdough. We also started watching Tiger King and and liking it. The trashiest thing that ever happened on television. I want to go on record and say I never liked it, but everyone liked it and people were doing TikTok dances to Tiger King songs, to Savage, I don't know, to Carol Baskin. But that was also just really trashy. Okay, then came tie-dyeing. And let me tell you something, okay? I can't imagine anything worse. Now, granted, I live in an apartment. I don't have a backyard in in the city, but I can't imagine anything worse than being trapped in your house during a pandemic and then getting dye all over your kitchen and bathroom. It seemed like the messiest. It seemed like you were going to have to spend the next couple of weeks cleaning. I just had no interest in that. I was like, oh my God, everyone's kitchens and bathrooms are going to be stained. And also, why was tie-dye a thing? And by the way, this could be a don't hate me. I'm not a fan of tie-dye. And I think it's because I used to wear make tie-dye in camp and wear it. And I looked really unattractive in it. I'd, I'd make colors that did not fit with my skin tone and I'd wear them anyway. And so I never really got back on track and wanted to ever wear tie-dye again. I'm sorry if you guys love tie-dye. So this is, this, this happens to be a long episode today. So maybe my don't hate me is going to be tied into my observation, but don't hate me. I don't like tie-dye and it's because I don't think I look good in it. Not because I don't think you guys, you guys I'm sure look great in it. I don't look good in it. But anyway, it is kind of crazy that everyone started tie-dyeing everything. But now at this phase of the pandemic, I feel like we've really gotten our acts together and we're suddenly scholars because now all anyone is talking about is Wordle and the New York Times spelling bee, both which I am addicted to. In fact, and I don't know, I mean, I'm sure I've talked about it. I don't know now we're at episode 50 something, but I never sleep and Wordle is making it really bad for me because I I don't even have an incentive to go to bed before midnight because I wait up till midnight to play because a new one is released after midnight. If you guys don't know what Wordle is, you need to get involved immediately. When you see people sharing those, those squares, those green and yellow and whatever grids, it's Wordle. Go on your phone, Google Wordle, and it's a free game You could play it once every 24 hours, there's a new one. And I'm absolutely addicted. And I feel highly competitive with LL about it and anyone else who plays. But also New York Times Spelling Bee, which I started off very strong and I've I've somehow gotten worse. LL is always getting all the words and it annoys me. 
My son also gets all the words. But my question is, have we, even though I do feel in my heart, we're getting dumber as people as time goes by, just because I, I think this, these times have really bought out how dumb we all are. I, no offense, also don't hate me, but are we also getting more intellectual that we have dropped the tie dye and the banana bread and now we're, we're into solving word puzzles? Maybe, just maybe it's a step in the right direction. Hey guys, welcome to Social Studies. I'm your host, Jenna Kingsley, and I promise you this is nothing like the social studies you learned in school. I was in the airport recently. Actually, it happened a couple times. It happened in the airport, it happened on an airplane. And it happened in a restaurant that I got an alert on my phone where someone wanted to airdrop something to my phone. And I knew it was an accident, but I kind of wanted to accept it because like, what if it was some scandalous picture or, you know, I don't know. I'm nosy. I wanted to accept the airdrop. But then another part of me was like, you know what? Don't accept that. It could be a virus. You have no idea. So... I was torn. My nosiness was kind of overriding my knowledge that it was probably a bad idea. Anyway, I went, I decided not to accept it. I didn't want something to happen to my phone. Anyway, how are we supposed to know if our phones are even safe? That's why I am so happy that NordVPN is one of the sponsors of today's episode, because what's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 a month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V, or use the code believe, B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Okay, guys, do I still sound like I have a little bit of a cold? I know I do. So as it turns out, you know, I had COVID (laughs) again. And I think this time I also had the flu because it lasted a very long time, my cold. And here we are two weeks later and I still sound bad, but I'm better. I actually had to go on a pack because I think I had fluorona. I know, I know. You know what it is? I don't want... I don't want to miss a thing. I want to get all the variants, all the combos. I want to, I want the full experience. Anyway, I'm feeling totally okay. I just don't sound that great. Anyway, here we are. Unrelated, uh, my friend Courtney Forrest recommended I watch The Tinder Swindler on Netflix. And let me tell you something. You guys, it is a get involved. You must watch The Tinder Swindler. 
because it is insane. It's a documentary about a con man on, on Tinder. It's a true story. And I couldn't breathe the entire hour and a half or however long it is. So I want you guys to listen to it because in one of my spoiler episodes, I'm going to discuss it. Then you will know what I'm talking about. So get involved. Um, today's episode, you guys, is totally different than the vibe of most of my episodes. You know, I don't want to call it a negative, <laughs> a negative vibe, but it's an honest vibe. And I, we're not a super overly sugarcoaty kind of show. However, um, I have my friend Poppy Jamie on. She is so talented. She's a best-selling author. She created an app uh, for happiness and manifesting. And I thought, what better time in the world than to run this episode? Because as I've addressed in many of our episodes, I think people are feeling oppressed by what is happening in the world right now. And I think it's a really good time to focus on connecting with some happiness and learning how to manifest. And I know it's all like, you know, woo woo and all that. And I know you hear the word manifest and you like a lot of you probably cringe. However, I do believe there's something to it and there's something to mindset as well. So I wanted to give this episode a go. We again recorded this when I wasn't sick, so I sound much better while during the recording. I also want to, you know, I like full transparency and I want to tell you guys that I did try to do a manifesting Pinterest board. I know, I know, I'm embarrassed to say it because you know I've made fun of that on this show, but I tried and I worked really hard on it for like a couple weeks. And then one of the things that I had been manifesting every day, adding to my Pinterest board, didn't come true. It didn't happen, it didn't work out. And I was really trying hard to manifest it. So I deleted the entire board like a toddler. I had a fit and I deleted my manifesting board. Anyway, after going back and listening to this recording, I've decided to give it another shot. Also, what if I told you guys, I think I met LL because I manifested him. What would you think then? Because I think I did. Anyway, I think you guys might be surprised that you might learn a thing or two on this episode. Um, so without any further ado, let's get into today's episode. Okay, guys, I am so excited because today I have a guest who I live for and I haven't seen her face other than social media in years, <laughs> years now. Um, she is the author of the best-selling novel, Happy Not Perfect. She has, she's hosted the podcast, The Not Perfect Podcast. And she's also created a mental health app, the Happy Not Perfect app. Please welcome all the way from London, which officially makes social studies like a worldly show now. Welcome, Poppy Jamie. Welcome, Poppy. Dana, I'm so happy to see your face. It is a pleasure to be here. I am so excited you're here. First of all, my listeners know this. I don't know, you're not going to remember this, but I have a problem. I love to talk in a British accent. So, and I've done a lot of episodes talking about this. It's going to be really difficult for me to not speak like you, Poppy. So I might, and listeners, I'm going to try to not do it. I don't know who I think I am, Poppy, but I, I'm like the Hilaria Baldwin of, of England. Like I hate it. That's I, really funny. I really do. It's taking everything. Maybe you can give me a lesson at the end. 
I met Poppy how many years ago now? Maybe seven. We were in LA. Do you remember we went to an audition? I was sent on an audition for a panel talk show and you were at the same audition. Yeah. And I don't typically audition for things like that ever, but I was sent by the management and Poppy and I show up like so casual like no makeup, like totally casual. And everyone there had like six inches of makeup on, the lashes, the hair extensions, lucite heels, and Poppy and I found each other. And I think luckily she had like blushed at the bottom of her purse and we were just trying to make the best of it. Do you remember that? I do remember that. I I do remember being like, why... Of either of us here. It was so, Um, I was so out of place, but I found you and that's all that matters. Exactly. That was the highlight of the whole day. I do remember just thinking to myself, oh my God, they were like the archetypal TV hosts that arrived. And then us and then kind us. of scruffy. <laughs> I had like jeans on. I don't think I really brushed my hair. And I was like, whoa, like LA is very different. Um, okay, Poppy used to have a talk show back on Snapchat when that was a thing. I mean, it yeah. is a thing again now, <laughs> but she was one of the first people to have a show on Snapchat. It was called Pillow Talk, I think. It was. Yeah. Good memory. And she would interview people basically in bed, not in a dirty way, folks. Um, But from there, what I I love and what I really wanted to have Poppy on, she's hilarious, Um, goes without saying, but she has really made it her platform to talk about mental health and happiness and all of these these topics that we all deal with. I say, you know, I had my shrink on this podcast, Poppy, because I love that. Um, I think it's such an important topic. Talk to me about you started. It was with the app first, Happy Not Perfect, right? Was the app first? Yes, the app was so first. So tell me a little bit about the app and why you created the app and what the app is. Around 2016, I had a total crisis when it came to understanding what happiness meant because what I thought happiness meant resulted in me being in hospital with chronic exhaustion Mm -hmm. because I felt that I was in the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a destination. I thought it was an accumulation of when I was inverted commas successful or when I looked a certain way or when I was going to be doing this. And I think little did I realize I had got confused and thought that happiness was actually perfection. And I was waiting for those, that perfected life that I was under this illusion that I would ever find. Mm. And then I'd be gloriously happy. So happy Mm. to me was the place I could get to when I wouldn't feel insecure anymore. And I will, I wouldn't feel insecure if I was successful and I wouldn't feel insecure if I looked fucking fabulous and I wouldn't be insecure. And the, the pressure I put on myself to reach happiness made me so sick. My mental health broke, my physical health broke. And suddenly these words came to me in the middle of the night at 3 a.m., happy, not perfect. And it was like a cosmic like giggle mm-hmm. being like, let's expand of you and your view, Poppy, on what happiness is. Let's expand what happiness means because actually there is, it is no place. It is actually what I now define it as 
a total flexibility to be in process and actually appreciate the humanness of ourselves and each other that is so deeply messy, that is so imperfect, that is always constantly navigating bumps in the road. Mm -hmm. But in our navigation of them, that is where joy can be found. And that is really where the healing journey started with my mental and physical health. And that's why I created the app. And tell us a little bit, I have the app on my phone, but to let talk to us about what the app is and what it's used for and what you can do on the app and why everyone needs to have the Happy Not Perfect app. So the app is super simple. It basically was my way of taking every science book that I found on the mind and my research into positive psychology. And it turns all the exercises that have been scientifically proven to help you stretch your mindset, to help you look after and nourish and nurture your mental health into a five minute game. Because I thought, okay, I can't meditate. And meditation was being given out like penicillin. Like, yes, meditation can solve everything and cure everything. I cannot meditate either. I'm so glad you said that because I'm too, my brain is like a monkey brain. I can't do it. Right. I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of people are told that if they just practice and stick with it, they'll get to the meditation point. And I've tried and I, I can't even for five Five minutes. Five minutes. Me too. And I suddenly thought, okay, I'm also someone who, who, if I'm sitting down with someone who wants to meditate, I do enjoy it. But that requires somebody to sit me down mm. and basically put me in a room mm. and kind of like force me to sit there. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I can get into this. But find me normally. And I'm like, oh, quite want a coffee. Oh, God, am I? Oh, shit. I haven't sent that email. Fuck. I supposed to reply to her. Like, yes. It is a constant stream of things I should not have done turns into my meditation. And don't get me wrong, meditation is the practice and the training of bringing our awareness and our attention back when our thoughts take us off. So it's not wrong when our thought takes us off. So I can appreciate and respect meditation, but I was like, all right, let's be real. If you have three children, the being asked to meditate for 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening, like TM, Transcendental Meditation um, recommends, Mm -hmm. I like you get real. Like right. that's so unrealistic. Right. To ask people to do that and say, oh yeah, that's, that's your only route to feeling like a bit more at peace with yourself. Mm-hmm. And when I dove into the practical exercises of positive psychology, I realized, you know what, there is many ways to find greater like peace and harmony and just maybe even a moment of relaxation. Let's pare it down to just a moment of relaxation. A moment, right. That feels achievable. That feels accessible. And also, you know, let's take into account people's lifestyles. What about if you're, you know, you're, you've got a long commute, it's quite difficult to close your eyes on that commute. So the Happy Not Perfect app just took into account that everybody was fucking busy, mm-hmm. but yet everybody, no matter who you are, wants to live the happiest life. So the app is takes, that's why it takes about five minutes to complete the happiness workout, or you can complete a sleep wind down, which combines lots of different scientifically backed exercises to help you get a better night's sleep. Or we have the manifesting workout, which combines research around helping you manifest again into a small game. So it's, um, it's, it's just an easy app. That was the main reason for it. 
before we continue with Poppy, I just want to give you uh, my weekly reminder about how the way has helped my dry skin. I am obsessed with their products. You know, we're feeling very dry right now at this point in the winter. So with the way you can quench thirsty skin, leave it feeling satin smooth with way Melrose body cream. It's fast absorbing to nourish your skin when you need it most hydration that lasts and prevents dryness and it's high quality nourishing ingredients like squalene coconut oil and Koopa Asu butter. Experience the new Way Melrose Place Cream and Body Cleanser, your body, your way. Go to theway.com, T-H-O-U-A-I.com, and use code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire purchase at theway.com, code BLEAV. Now back to Poppy. You know, we talk so much about, and I, by we, I mean society, right? We hear the word manifest a lot. And I want to manifest things. And I believe in manifesting because I'm going to tell you something. I never believed in manifesting because I'm a neurotic Jew and we like to <laughs> only think negative thoughts. However, over the pandemic, I decided, you know, I was, you know, sick and tired of some of my patterns and I decided to write down all the traits I wanted in my partner. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You got them. I friggin' manifested him. Yes. I manifested him. Yes. And so now I'm wondering if there's something to it. So can you talk to us about manifesting and some, some beginner tips and tricks? And why does it work? And when people are in a very low spot, let's say you just lost your job, you're going through a breakup, you're, you just feel like every, every door you're opening is a dead end. It's hard yeah. to believe that manifesting will change things for you. Can you explain to us in layman's terms how manifesting works and how, if you're a beginner, some, some tips and tricks of where to start? Yes. And I would totally agree with you that this word manifesting feels so eye roll, woo woo, Mm -hmm. kind of cliche, overused, uh, wellness tripe. Yeah, I get it. And I thought all of the same things. And then the science behind it is quite mind blowing. So let me start off with talking about our brain filters and in scientific terms, the RAS. And basically we are all coded and childhood as we know we come into this world as these wonderful children full of innocence love fun total self-acceptance joy happiness and then we get you know entered into the gauntlet of life and we learn patterns and we observe and we absorb and of course we set we create a set of belief systems to understand the world around us so mainly our belief systems stem from the three main human needs we all have mm-hmm. am i loved am i enough and am i safe mm-hmm. and so we will create a belief system around how we keep ourselves safe so potentially that is you know oh i need to avoid relationships because they are unsafe and mm-hmm. thus i want to stay safe and i will sabotage myself in relationships because of that reason, or maybe we believe that 
um, just because we had some rejection in our teenage years that we are not enough. And thus our filters actually want to confirm that we are not enough by finding evidence to confirm those negative belief systems. Mm. So these belief systems that were installed at such a young age control the way that we receive information. And so um, there was research done that we get bombarded by 11 million pieces of information a second, and we can only process 50. Mm -hmm. So we are, our brain is constantly, our subconscious is constantly filtering and it, and it's clever. Thank God it does this because if we were constantly bombarded with 11 million pieces of information, we would be so overwhelmed and like, wouldn't be able to walk out of a dark room because it would be stimulation overload. So our filters are brilliant because Mm -hmm. they protect us and it means that they filter information. So for example, if you're standing at a party, um, you begin to totally zone out and you're only maybe like receiving the information of the person you're talking to. But if you hear your name being shouted, Mm -hmm. you, you become aware of something else in the room because your name being shouted is relevant information. So you've taught your subconscious has taught you to receive that information. Okay. And then make you alert something. Okay. So let's say you have the belief that there are no good men or women out there. Okay. What your brain does is it then spends every single minute of the day finding information to confirm that belief. Mm. So you, your friend will tell you about their relationship and you're like, uh-huh, they're the worst. And your brain just interprets that as, yeah, told you, no one good out there. Mm-hmm. Or you then on a dating app and you're like, fuck's sake, like no one out here. Mm. But what manifesting does, it trains and primes these filters that our brain uses to understand our reality all day, every day, mm-hmm. and alerts you to new information. So rather than the 11 million, 11 million pieces of information being fired at us, us as a second, rather than just alerting you to the same old, same old 50,000, mm-hmm. manifesting goes, huh, what about this other bunch of information that you've mm-hmm. been blinded or blocked yourself out to? Mm-hmm. Why don't we expand our level of awareness. Yeah. So you put down, you get your piece of paper, you get your vision board, you get your Pinterest board and you go, if I could have everything, if I put no limit on myself, because I am a being that deserves everything. I deserve unlimited love. I deserve to feel joy all the time because that is our birthright. Mm -hmm. What would someone who deserves unlimited love, like what would that person want in a partner? Okay. Well, I want someone loving. I want someone. And you got to get like specific. Like I got very want... specific with my list, and that was the craziest part. Is what that do I you write down every single thing? Like what? Give us an example. Me, but I get I, everything from the activities we'd want to do together to the type of connection we'd have to the interest to the chemistry piece to I went down to looks. I went down to sneakers sneakers, not shoes. I went there. It's something I would never do. And I do happen to believe in woo-woo stuff. I, I speak, I, you know, I've spoken to mediums because my father passed away. I believe in all of it. However, when you are, when you have a lot of experiences, you know, like a lot of fears, a lot of whatever holding you back, it is hard to sit down and do it. But I had nothing but time over quarantine. And I think I was listening to an audiobook in my car and I was like, I'm going to just try it. 
And I did. And now I want to start doing it for other things. I want to start doing it for this podcast. Yeah. But it becomes an intimidating feat because you sit down sometimes, you write a list and you're like, okay, now what? So what is the now what? Then once you have now primed and trained, you're, you're, you're basically manifesting is almost having a conversation with your subconscious. Mm -hmm. You are doing full brain work. So you're saying, all right, subconscious, these are things I really want. And so then it means you're going about your day and suddenly you notice the guy with a pair of trainers that you have put on your list and you're like, and your subconscious goes, I'm going to alert Jenna to that piece of information. Had you not written that list down about the trainers that you like or something, you may have totally ignored that little sign from the universe, from the world. You would have ignored it because you would have been totally focused on, on something else, maybe mm-hmm. focused on looking for information of why you're not good enough. So these manifesting boards are critical in allowing our subconscious to pick up more pieces of information that is in our reality. And this is the thing, is luck, does luck exist or does luck, is that just somebody being far more aware of opportunities that we mm-hmm. all have? And I truly believe we all have the same amount of opportunities. The yes. difference is who recognizes them. And third of all, second, third, third of all, who acts on those opportunities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's one thing, you know, someone telling you about their single mate who like kind of has a lot of the things on your list. There's another thing than having the confidence to be like, Hey, can you just set us up? Could you put us in contact? And that is a critical piece of manifesting, manifesting. I like to call it, and it's in the last chapter of my book, manifesting in action identifying and then acting on what you have identified and that critical piece. And this is why the secret is so limited. The secret, obviously one of the best-selling books, it does a lot of the kind of thinking, thinking, thinking what you want. Yes. Very important. Mm -hmm. Let's bring your subconscious into the conversation. But then if you just sit there thinking about the car you want, you're not going to get the car you want. It's in the action. It's actually, and in my book, I talk about flexible thinking and the Mm -hmm. flex method. Mm -hmm. And the flex method is to really help you be in a mode of manifestation always. And in the way that we respond to the challenges life throws. So when life throws us a challenge in that moment, rather than reacting in our, as our lower self, if we can hold space and we can pause, we can choose to respond how we want in alignment with what we want to manifest. And that is where our power lies. Got it. Okay. So now just, just again, so when you're manifesting, how often are you supposed to be writing? How often are you supposed to be reviewing your manifestation list? How often are you supposed to be putting these things in practice? And what is the practice? For example, you're looking to grow your business and you look around, you're an entrepreneur, let's just say you look around and you're like, the space is crowded. I don't have a you know, I don't have enough following to get customers to buy my dress line. I don't know. I don't have a dress line, but Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just saying like, I'm just trying to get as basic as I can for my Mm -hmm. listeners who don't know anything about this. So I am a dressmaker. I want to start a dressmaking business. I have zero Instagram followers. I have never worked in the dressmaking space, but I am passionate and I know that everyone loves my dresses because of the feedback I've gotten. What are my steps? What are like as a beginner? 
So I would really ask yourself the question as to why you want to do this. It's not enough just because someone says, oh yeah, you make great dresses. Mm -hmm. Why do you want to create this dress brand? Because manifesting isn't easy. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, you just write a list and it's done. You're going to be presented with challenge after challenge. And if you are not constantly connected to your why, to the reason of why you want to do this, why it makes you, and it could just be as simple as, I feel my very best self and I am dress designing. I feel so in alignment. I really believe that this is my gift to the world. I feel like I want to make people feel beautiful. And I feel amazing when I, when I make people feel beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now that is the most key to know your why um, is absolutely important because then when the storm comes and you go, oh my God, and the doubts come naturally, mm-hmm. like, oh God, there's loads of other people doing this or, but you then reconnect to your, reconnect to your why that is your star going to take you through rough seas. Okay. So manifesting is, I would say more um, a map mm-hmm. of where you want to go to. I love that. Because it's easy to get knocked off course. And it's also easy to receive too much advice from other people. Mm. And then suddenly you totally forget your original why. Yes. And yes, okay, it's a it's a dest- it's a map that it's it's a destination. But also it's loosely held, right? Mm-hmm. So like it's always great to have a direction, but I like to, and you know, I I I I I do believe in and higher power and whatever that means for any of you, but just remember, we have such limited understanding of our reality mm-hmm. that actually if life takes you on a different course, or it looks like you're going on a di- divergent course, that's okay because you could be going to a way better destination. But so don't panic if mm-hmm. you're manifesting, you're connected to your why, and then life seems to take you off in a different way. Mm-hmm. In that when we fight with life, we're like, no, this is my goal. This is the only goal I want. Right. That just causes a ton of stress. Yeah. So it's 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 a delicate dance of yeah. having your map, knowing your why, knowing a destination that feels good to you, but also allowing for some flexibility on the journey there. So I was telling you that I manifested my boyfriend, or so I feel that I did. I met him. um, We went out three times and I was like, he's not for me, not for me. And he did not give up. He was persistent. And I was like, he's not for me. He's not my typical type. This is not, you know, this is not for me. And we had reconnected a couple months later And he said to me, I know why you don't want to go out with me. And I was like, why? And he's like, because I'm not your typical type. And that's ridiculous because we have the best time together. And I was like, he's absolutely right. And the truth is everything I had wanted in a man was on the list that I had written. But because of my own shit, the choices Mm. I made in relationships were completely Mm. opposite than what I was actually looking for. Does that make sense? Mm. And then because I did nothing also, but self-work during this pandemic, I was like, oh my God, this is what has been holding me back, my own stuff. But what I actually wanted was right there in front of me. And luckily he was such a good guy to stick with my bullshit. And he was right. 
he was right. And so it's so interesting what you said about look for like synchronicities right out there in the universe, because I had it all right there. And I was like, I'm good because of my fears, because of mm-hmm. my blocks, right? But that's actually what I wanted. And so I was lucky enough to find someone who was like, wait a second, what are you doing? Why are you sabotaging this? It's really interesting. There's a writer called Philippa Perry. He talks about mutual erotic transference. And it's about how when um, we meet someone who potentially like flicks their hair in the same way as like a nanny while you were little flicked our hair, this kind of alertness of familiarity often makes us think, oh my God, there's like, I'm going to get married to them or like it's actually a decoy because it's triggering a lot of our past shit. And mm. suddenly when actually we meet someone and that it recognize, we don't recognize them from our past, mm. we can discredit them or discount them because they're not triggering us in a way that's actually not that healthy. I love that. That is, I love that because I could honestly say this could be maybe the health, one of the healthiest, best relationships I've ever been in. And it feels weird because it's not familiar. I love that. I love that, Poppy. Love that. That is so good. Are you guys listening to this? This is good. (laughs) This is good. I knew you were good. Okay. So on your app, people can do a daily, is it a daily manifesting exercise? How like Yeah, it's just a daily, it's just kind of, um, and I don't necessarily suggest that you need to do it daily because again, look, everything is either a poison or elixir, right? Mm -hmm. So doing some manifesting activities, elixir. But if you're kind of then like becoming obsessed with your manifesting activities, it can also be a poison because you're being that child in the car being like, when are we there yet? When are we Mm. there yet? Mm. And manifesting is a dance. It's about setting your intentions. It's about really allowing yourself to be honest with what you want. And the exercise in itself is often so, it's it's often so uh, opposite to what we do on a daily basis. And we suppress our needs. We feel like we're unworthy of our needs. Or we are shift shaping into a shape somebody else would rather us be. So manifesting to me is incredibly self-empowering in terms of giving us space to go, what do I want? And also to believe in the possibility of life. Because again, I think it's very easy to fall into a narrative of, well, oh, I'm too old or, oh, those things don't happen to me or like, just like, oh, I've got issues or whatever that narrative may be. And especially by the way, now it's reinforced with social media, seeing, Mm. seeing what people are doing or what they have, or people fall into that trap of, well, they, you know, everyone else has this or this and I don't, you know, so, um, and it's such bullshit. It's such bullshit. It's so fake. That's why I love TikTok. Cause if people could just get on there and have a good time, I, I, yeah. that's the only social media that I'm like a fan of right now and Twitter. Cause I love Twitter, but yeah. What, oh, the thing I wanted to also say is when you talk about your why, it's funny because when I started this podcast, I, I was really struggling during quarantine to get my act together. I really mm-hmm. was like, what, I think we all were like, what now? Like, what yeah. do I do? Like, what am I going to do, right? We could potentially be in this for, and the one thing I missed was I missed comedy and I missed writing things and I missed connecting with people over comedy. And I finally got my 
Aston gear to make this podcast. And someone asked me because I was worried about how it would be received. And a coach I was working with, Jason Frizzell, who's been on this podcast, asked me, what is your why? What is your why for doing this? And I said, I really just want to like it myself. And that's all I want. I want to be proud of what I'm putting out there. It's like the same with my videos or the comedy I write. And then when it, when someone writes to you because they've connected to something on your show and you know, cause you have a podcast, there's no better feeling than the fact that someone who you don't even know has connected with something you put out there. You know what I mean? Couldn't agree more. It's like the best messages I receive. I feel so honored. Yeah. The best. And you know, I'm like a clown. Like this happens to be a serious episode, but but even if I I bring up an observation, my show is all about social observations. If I bring one up and someone's like, that is so true. I never thought about that before, but that's hilarious. I'm like, oh my God, I did it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they get it. And someone's like, that's the word for what I've been doing. And that means the world. So that's my why you help so many people with your work, which is unbelievable. Is that your why, I guess? Yeah, it was. I I, always, I would always go back to, but what do people do at 3 a.m. and their mind is playing tricks and telling mm. them all sorts of lies? What do you do then? And that was really the drive to be like, I just want to create things for people who are in those moments, whatever time of day. But for me, I'd always think about those like those nighttime terrors. Like how can people feel less alone and have tools and processes that they can go through to realize that A, it's totally normal and so human and also B, there's always a path through. I want to talk about happiness for a second and just go back to what you said, because I think from a young age, we're all fed that happiness is this thing that we all need to achieve and have. And, you know, we feel like failures if we don't have happiness. And I think it wasn't honestly until this year that I learned that we are responsible for our happiness. At least that's how I view it. Like making choices or accepting things or like you are the driver of your life. Mm. You you are the driver of your car. And I never thought about it before. I kind of just like went on my way and if it worked out great and if it didn't, I was bummed. But now I realize that decisions, maybe it comes with age, maybe it comes with so much therapy, but decisions and choices that you make are yours. If you're staying in a bad relationship, if you're staying in an unhappy job, if you're staying somewhere you don't want to be, if you're not taking those steps, you're the driver of your life. Like, what do you have to say about happiness? And I mean, that's your specialty, right? Is are we responsible for our happiness. And I know that it doesn't look like the happiness that we're fed from such a young age, because it's not either you're happy or you're not, right? Mm. Like happiness is not something we either have or we don't. It's, it ebbs and flows. And a lot of it has to do, I think, with the decisions and the choices that we're making. What do you think about that? And like, what would you really say on that? Yes, I would absolutely agree with you. I think what for me, um, happiness in in terms of how I view it and what I want to help people um, return to is a feeling 
actually, rather than us striving for happiness, striving to be in alignment with our truest selves, mm. which is different for every single person because yes, my gift, alignment. Yes. my gift to the world is different from your gift, which is different to, from, from everybody who listens to this. Mm. And we know like when we're doing something and it's Nietzsche, like this kind of psychologist from the um, early 20th century talks about kind of how there's like two different types of kind of happiness and actually that happiness that you get like from nursing a sick child throughout the night like it's not happy like you're not smiling and dancing you're exhausted but there's this feeling of like purpose to yes, it yes yes in yes. developing the feeling of purpose in our lives and usually through the relationships we have with others and love and and also really understanding our why I think is some of the most important work we can do mm. and I would say sometimes we don't have a choice to be happy but mm. we have a choice to be kind yes, to ourselves yes. and others yes and that was a big thing. And I really like the whole point of the book and the whole point of flexible thinking was how do we move away from archaic, outdated views of happiness and actually into uh, a life of alignment and with compassion? Yes. Because when, because when things have gone wrong, when we have made inevitable mistakes, rather than getting annoyed for us, for us making bad decisions, because we do make bad decisions because we're human. Mm. It's actually, that isn't the moment where we go, ah, okay, I'm going to be really compassionate to myself. Mm. And that's only when we learn, because if yeah. you look at child psychology, if you scream at a child, they go into fight and flight and they don't listen to you. But when you get on their level and you connect before you try to correct, mm. they listen, they learn, they receive the compassion and they're much more willing to then change their behavior. So let's treat ourselves like children. Let's not tell us off, like tell ourselves off when things yeah. go wrong and self-flagellation and beat ourselves up with, you know, a brush mm. or a stick or whatever, you, you know, we're beating ourselves up with, <laughs> but actually... How do we, how do we move into a state where we are just being kind towards ourselves and, and, and treating ourselves softly? I have to let you go now, but tell people, I know I am first of all going to read your book ASAP. Tell people how they can find you, stalk you. I think you're so talented and brilliant. I was able to not speak in my English accent this whole time, which is... <laughs> A miracle. By the way, I have a terrible English accent, but I try. Um, how could people find you? Get involved in your in in your happiness your happiness community. Um, so anybody can find me on Instagram. It's just at Poppy Jamie, and um, and do message me. Always so delighted to hear from anyone who's read the book, used the app, any experiences you're having with happiness. Um, and um, the book is just called Happy Not Perfect, and you can get that in any bookstore and uh, wherever you buy your books. And then the app is Happy Not Perfect, and the Instagram for that is Happy Not Perfect too. But yeah, always delighted to hear from anyone. And Jenna, thank you so much for having me on your amazing, brilliant podcast. It's always so good to see your face. I miss you. Please come to New York. 
guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Social Studies with Jenna Kingsley. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to stalk me, you can do that on Instagram at Jenna Kingsley. You can visit my website, jennakingsley.com. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Jenna Kingsley. If you have a topic you think we should cover, you can slide into the DMs or send me an email. Have a great week and I will speak to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.